state's number one motorsports talk show today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners recognized by the eastern motorsports press association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern united states here's wrapping on racing this is the banker bob thought for july 27th You know you're getting old when you remember being able to get out of bed without making sound effects. Got in some last-minute short track racing results. Raceway 7. When racing was complete, one new face and four repeaters were in victory lane. The new face was Jason Black, who won his first street stock feature. Pat Hanlon prevailed in the mini stocks. Bill Watson won the Econo Mod feature. Reigning class champion Mike Kinney captured the E-Mod feature. And Matt Latta got his second consecutive Rush late model win. At Mercer Raceway, Chris McGuire dominated the 20-lap, 1,200-to-win Penn Ohio Pro Stock Championship Series event. Eric Rudolph increased his 2020 win total in the big block modifieds. Jake Gamola had an emotional victory in the 305 sprint feature. Nathan Bale bagged his first career win in the Mod Lights. Mike Porterfield in the Mini Stocks and Eric Gabaney scored in the Fast Track Muds. It was a wild finish Saturday at Erie Speedway. Veteran Dave Hess Jr. collecting his third super late model win. Brayton Santee won his first rush late model of the season. Ty Rhodes scored his first of the season in the E-Mods. Jason Black getting his first trip to street stock victory lane. And Matt Alexander collecting the win in the Economod action. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. 
Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Stars, IndyCar, IHRA, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, NHRA, Rush, USAC, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, and listeners' emails. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Quite frankly, there's no other program like it on the air today. Rapid on Racing. Why not be a part of the weekly action? And now more Rapid on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Mike Lusikowski. All right, fans, joining us now is Mike Lisikoski from the Jennerstown Speedway. Mike, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. I'm doing very well because I have a set of eyes that witness something that only comes to town once a year on Saturday night at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. It was Monster Truck Night. For the second consecutive year, the Monster Trucks made a stop at Jennerstown Speedway and gave the weekly racing competitors a much-needed midsummer break to refurbish their equipment and vacation with families, and the All-Star Monster Truck Tour, which travels the nation putting on these shows all over, uh, you know, fairgrounds, dirt tracks, asphalt tracks, drag strips, 
they are very, very happy to come to Jennerstown Speedway because as a full half mile, it is the largest property on which they perform. And several of the truck drivers mentioned to us how they are able to get on the throttle so much more than at a small stadium or at a baseball field or uh, at a fairgrounds. And so a half dozen monster trucks last night participated in three different competitions. There was the trick competition, there was the head-to-head racing competition where they sort of raced a road course over the junk cars through the infield of the racetrack, and then finally and most importantly the freestyle competition. And uh, I'll tell you, Don, the Jennerstown Speedway was absolutely packed. Uh, People that had never ever been to a speedway before in their lives were motivated on behalf of their small children to come out and see the monster trucks. And I know from answering the phone all afternoon, questions like, well, do you have a concession stand? Uh, where is the track located? You know, 80% of the phone calls were from people that had never been there before. So when they see what a pristine and accommodating facility the Jennerstown Speedway is, our hope is each year that that giant crowd, which is a completely different group of people from our weekly racing crowd, uh, will then be motivated to say, hey, let's try out a race at that place. You know, the comfortable seats, the food was good. Let's go back on another Saturday night and see what this short track racing thing is all about. Is really the, the sort of silent uh, goal each year with the monster truck event. But, uh, boy, the, the race course that they put together and then consequently tore down overnight, <laughs> the all-star monster truck crew did a really fantastic job. And, and the best part of it, Don, was watching the crowd react. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a big monster truck fan, and the listeners to this show are probably not big monster truck fans, but to hear those kids and that crowd get that excited about a monster truck doing a wheel stand or jumping over school buses, to, to hear that level of excitement from that many people, uh, it, it's really it, it's something that you don't always get in racing because when Barry Audi takes the lead, then all the Gary Wiltrout fans are unhappy. And when Teddy Gabala takes the lead, then all the Zane Farrell fans are unhappy. So there's never a unanimous roar from the crowd at a racing event like what happens at these monster truck shows. So it was uh, a very fulfilling night at the Jennerstown Speedway under perfect weather. Six monster trucks put on a fantastic show and gave all the race drivers a week to uh, go back and take a look at what needs done on all the race cars. And, you know, the week off for the competitors, that's a big deal because the wives, girlfriends, the moms – they really work hard, and to have a, a day or a weekend where they can do something with the family, that's an awesome uh, event for them. I, I think it's going to do a lot of, uh, you know, I, I mentioned what they can do to the cars in a week off from competition, but I, I think you're right, Don. There's probably just as much of a mental refreshing component that goes with freshening up all of the suspension parts on the race car as well for those drivers. So let's talk about the weekly competitors at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex with a quick look at the point standings before we talk about what's coming up the next two weeks. We're going to start with the Chargers division, sponsored by the Farmers Union Co-op. Uh, great sponsors for that division and a great driver in that division, former dirt track champion Dale Kimberly from Soutersville. He has won all five events in 2020, and we wanted to start with their standings because that's the one that is pretty well outdistanced the competitors. Kimberly has a 37-point lead on Kyle Burkholder. Now, Burkholder is a dirt track convert. He's a rookie to asphalt racing. He competed at the Roaring Knob Motorsports Complex. Burkholder is in second spot in the point standings by 37. And how about this? Third, the teenager, 
young Will Hemminger, the third-generation competitor, is holding down third in the championship points chase with the Chargers in his first year. Veteran Bob Mostaller is fourth. And in fifth spot in the championship standings, Chris Ament. He is a rookie to the Chargers after moving up from the four-cylinder division. So as we mentioned the four-cylinder division, let's take a look at the Somerset Trust Company-sponsored division. Jeff Vazos. Vazos is a rookie. He was a dirt track four-cylinder winner, rookie to the pavement. He's got two wins, including opening night. First time he was ever on asphalt, he got the four-cylinder victory. He is tied atop the point standings with Michael Strauss. Strauss got a career-first victory the last time out. He's a sophomore to the division, had an outstanding rookie year. They are both tied with 328 points atop the heap, so very interesting to watch that one play out. Former champion Paul Koffler III, he's in a brand-new ride this season, and in the early weeks he really struggled to get that car dialed in. He's looking fast again, yet to find victory lane. He sits third. He's 40 points back from the leaders that are tied atop. Then in fourth spot, Evan Nybert. He's another former champion. He does, however, have two wins this season, unlike Koffler. And fifth in the championship points chase is Michael Saylor. He was a feature winner as a rookie back in 2019. Now, taking a look at the street stock division, sponsored by Ron's Collision Center. Two very equal race cars in that division. All the features so far this season have been won by two drivers. Casey Flegel, with three feature victories, has a four-point lead. Aaron Van Fleet, with two feature victories, is in second spot as the defending champion. And it just seems that whichever one of those guys gets a better launch on the initial green flag, that seems to be who goes on to win because those cars are so equal. They came into the previous event tied in the point standings for the street stocks. Then a veteran in third spot, Mel Wilt. He's been to victory lane in two divisions in his Jennerstown career. Hasn't won yet in 2020, but the Holidaysburg veteran sits third. He is 27 points back. Jeff Barclay, a rookie in fourth position. He's looking for a first win on pavement. Many years ago, he raced in the dirt track modified light division, then took about 10 years off from competition before returning as a rookie this season. And in fifth spot, Angie Kimberly, who looked really, really quick in the last two events. She's got a heat race win. She pulled into second position for most of a feature event. She's looking for career victory number two in the street stock division since she's climbed the Jennerstown divisional ladder and rides in fifth in the point standings. Looking at the modified division, sponsored by Stoystown Auto Wreckers, Anthony Aiello, two-time modified champion and defending champion, former street stock champion, he's got a 12-point advantage in the standings, and the reason that's a surprise, he has two victories. His close friend off the racetrack, R.J. DeLappy, has three victories, but is trailing by 12 in the standings. Veteran Adam Kostelnik sits in third spot. He is Aiello's mentor. He's looking for his first win of 2020. Tom Golick is fourth in the championship chase. Golick had an off season in 2019 after winning in 2018. In fact, winning multiple features in 2018. He is back to speedy form. They had a rear-end problem that they corrected over the winter. Golick will find victory lane this season. He sits in fourth in the championship chase. And racing Jason Bush... He's been the fastest driver on the racetrack multiple times this season, and he suffered mechanical problems, crashes. He is unquestionably the hard luck driver of 2020, but he, I'm sure, will find victory lane with the speed in the 42 car this year, back in fifth position as a result of all the misfortunes. And finally, the late model division, sponsored by Martellus Pharmacies, 
No surprise at the top. Barry Audi is leading the points by five. Now, the one thing that is surprising about 2020, Barry Audi is winless as we approach August. Now, keep in mind, this has been an abbreviated season because we lost several races at the start. I'm sure Barry Audi has gone 0 for 5 at other points in his career, but it is very strange to be reaching August without the all-time leading feature winner at Jennerstown parking in Stoney's Victory Lane to this point. In second spot, again by five points only, Teddy Gabala, who never lost the points lead in 2019. Uh, back in 2018, it was only two points that decided the championship between Gary Wiltrout and Michael Heminger. Last year, Gabala was atop all the way, and although he has a feature win, he's five behind Audi. The interesting part here is Albert Francis sits in third. The Painesville, Ohio youngster is the only repeat winner on the season. He's got two victories, and he had the points lead before a devastating crash on lap one of the late model feature two events ago, but he's still only ten points behind, so it'll be interesting to see what a driver with national touring experience brings to the Jennerstown Weekly competitors as they're planning to make the weekly trip from the Buckeye State to compete. Gary Wiltrout, the opening night winner, he's a two-time former Jennerstown champion. He sits fourth. And Jared Barclay, the sophomore driver from Somerset, a former modified division winner, sits fifth in the championship chase over Mike Hemminger, Zane Farrell, Paul Fest Jr., Brian Shipp, and Joe Maruka. Don, a quick look at the point standings. Coming up this Saturday night, it's Hall of Fame induction night. We'll have all the uh, We'll have some interview clips from the ceremony that happens at intermission on next week's Wrapping on Racing episode. But five division racing does return this Saturday following the monster trucks. And in addition to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, a fireworks display to kick off the August schedule at Jennerstown. And one week after that, you've heard the commercial all along, the Masters, the third annual. Motor Mountain Masters comes to the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Open practice, free for fans to come and watch on Friday night and then Saturday. That is on August the 8th, the most talked about asphalt race in the northeastern United States and one of the fastest growing races in prestige anywhere in the United States of America. Drivers from the New England states, drivers from the Midwest, and drivers from the South will all converge for the third annual Masters on August the 8th, Don. I can't wait. One of my favorite races there. Also enjoy the Hall of Fame because we get a chance to see and talk to some of the people that put Jennerstown on the map. It's going to be a great evening. Uh, and this year, uh, you know, near and dear to my heart, of course, as a, uh, as a photographer of races since I was uh, very, very young, uh, we are enshrining a racing photographer from the Jennerstown Speedway this year. So uh, we'll have more about that. Uh, that's a, a great idea, I think. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, again, we're going to get some recordings to share with the folks. But uh, very nice to see Dave Singer earn enough votes this year to become a Jennerstown Speedway Hall of Famer. Okay, Mike, have we covered everything? I think we have, and looking forward to getting back to five-division racing this Saturday. I thank you for a great, a great report. You have a nice evening. You do the same, Don. 
Mark your calendar for the third annual Motor Mountain Masters Weekend, featuring a 150-lap late-model crown jewel event, paying $10,000 to win on Saturday, August 8th at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Friday, August 7th is practice night, then one of the most anticipated asphalt races in America at the Jennerstown Speedway. Saturday, August 8th, the Masters. All right, fans, joining us now is Tom Golick, the driver of the number 98 Asphalt Modified at Jennerstown. Tom, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. Good, thank you. You know, I watched your career when it started in 1978 at Motordrome. Uh, familiar colors, you know, the powder blue 98. Uh, was that a street stock or was that a fender bender? Um, they called that class a fender bender at the time because it was all six cylinders. But uh, actually that year they... Uh, went to the, the V8 Modifieds, but we still raced the six-cylinder that I bought off of uh, Bobby Dowd's yeah. um, that year. And then uh, I understand you raced for about 13 years and then decided to uh, retire. What, what caused the retirement? Family? Yeah, mostly family. We were building a new house, and um, <laughs> the kids were little. You know, I had a daughter that was like five or six years old. My son was two, and just had too many other things going on financially and stuff like that that we just had to, you know, give it up, that's all. So you were retired for 22 years and then decided yeah. to come back. What what happened? Did you bump your head? <laughs> no, no. Um, my nephew, uh, Joe Baylog, decided that he wanted to get a Charger car, and I kind of, like, helped him out a little bit with it. And my father and I, my dad used to work in a machine shop at the time. Uh, we built him a motor and got the car set up a little bit for him, and, uh, he had asked me to drive it for him one night because he was going to be late getting to the racetrack, and that was probably a bad mistake. That was it. <laughs> you know, getting in it again. So, yeah. But uh, then uh, Penis Eustace talked me into getting one of these uh, modifieds that they're racing on the asphalt now, and I really like those cars. Yeah, and and the one you have now, and I, I, I thought it was a new car, but uh, what's the pedigree on this car you have? It's a uh, 2001 left-hander. Uh, I've had it for, oh, probably four or five years now. And where did you get it? Uh, I actually got it in Michigan. Yeah. Um, seen it on the Internet there with uh, racing junk, and we were looking for one, and uh, a yeah. buddy of mine went up to get it, and I've had it. Like I said, we redid it over the winter this year, and, and uh, it, it's the same car we've been running. Now, uh, is, your t- is your dad still helping you? Yeah, occasionally right now. He's, uh, he's having some health issues right now, so he's not... In, in the garage every night like he had been here recently or coming to the racetrack but uh yeah he still he still g- gets me on the phone every once in a while and he's always tweaking something you know i always enjoyed stopping down to see him uh we would try to solve the problems of racing and after <laughs> 15 or 20 minutes we decided we couldn't fix a lot of things but uh, nope, nope. Yeah. same same old uh, mistakes yep now the the modified division is really growing the competition is getting really tough some of your thoughts on you know a couple of years ago they were struggling big time but now whoo man you got to really be on the wheel Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, when we started there, you know, Bill Rebar, when he first got that started up there, he, he was pretty instrumental when he, he wanted to keep that modified class there. And, you know, we started off with five, six, seven cars that got there pretty regularly. And, and it, it, it's Bill. You know, I'm glad Bill stuck with us. 
Well, he was a former modified driver, but you know, when you mentioned Bill and the job he's doing there at Jennerstown, the owners are very lucky. The man must, oh, yes. he must work 12 hours a day, and he's always got some thinking outside the box with some new idea, some new race, some new uh, promotion. Uh, they're pretty mm-hmm. lucky. Um, yep, yep, yeah. Bill's a pretty sharp guy there. Like I said, he's, he's in contact with a lot of these different uh, organizations and that, and they help him out. Uh, you know, and it works kind of work both ways. He's working with that Granite State uh, Racing Association up here in the, um, you know, up in the main area there, the, uh, New England area. And, yeah. you know, those guys have helped him out a lot, and he's yeah. helped them out a lot. And they're trying to get a the good good feel of these late models coming around the east coast here you know and well some of these races i mean they're bringing cars from all over the country and it's it's really really nice um, oh yeah you know like i said he's getting these uh, they had the wheeling modified they were looking for a place to run uh their races this year because of the covid 19 that a lot of their races got canceled and he was able to accommodate them you know with no fans and everything like that but they were all appreciative and a lot of those guys got to see the racetrack, the facilities, beautiful, and everybody's commenting, you know, like, why are not we racing here all the time, you know? So, um, the word gets around, back to different other people, too, you know? Well, last year for the Masters, Mike Wallace came to Bill and said, would you mind if I give your phone number to some of the promoters in Missouri, because they need help, and you could do it. I mean, what kind of, I mean, what a... Uh, recognition or accolade for someone of of that stature to come to bill and say we need some help sure yep yep yeah billy's doing a tremendous job up there fans if you're just joining us we're talking to tom golick the driver number 98 modified um let's talk a little bit about uh, your sponsors and then your pit crew okay um, I have uh, coal contracting. It's a company that I work for. Uh, we do restoration work for Columbia Gas on the, the roads and things. Um, I have Gainers, uh, Back Acres Farm and Greenhouse, um, Letters by Brunel, uh, Ray Breathless Brakes, and uh, uh, Ron Skrinovich's Auto Service. Sounds like a pretty good group. Uh, this doesn't happen, yeah. mm-hmm. doesn't happen by accident. You've got to have somebody help you do all the work. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, like this year, my brother-in-law, Harry Ofer, uh, is, is giving me a, a good bit of hand, and some of the guys that helped him with uh, Gary Scott's car, uh, Bill and um, Dave, uh, they've, they've helped me at the racetrack and stuff this year, and uh, really helped, helped out a lot. One of my favorite Harry Ofer comments, somebody, I think they asked Gary Scott if Harry could weld uh, aluminum. And he said he could weld aluminum foil. That's how good he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, my sister, she said she's gonna, she's tempted to, to uh, gather up some aluminum foil, and she wants to see him weld it. Oh, <laughs> leave it up to her, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's working on a, a Studebaker right now, and he's chopping it and cutting it all up and everything like that. So, in the meantime, helping everybody else out with their race cars, you know. So, well, between Harry Ofer, Cody Gaynor, and Joe Baylog, there's a lot of family involvement at the track. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I just had my son-in-law's car down here uh, the other day, and we got it running pretty good. He was running second uh, last week, so he was pretty happy with it. So, well, we're coming. My up. wife calls uh, my garage emergency room, and, and whenever you know somebody gets all busted up, they usually come over here and we're welding, and grinding, and cutting stuff off, part on it. How big's your garage? Uh, it's twenty-four by sixty. Okay, a lot of room there for race cars. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, coming up on a commercial here, any closing thoughts? 
Uh, no, not all. I just hope that we can, everybody can get out to Jennerstown and enjoy the, a, a night air and uh, get away from everybody with this uh, virus stuff and enjoy the evenings, and hopefully everybody can come out to the races. And I really thank you for all you've done for the motorsports around this tri-state area here. Don, you've been uh, pretty instrumental in helping everybody out with this. I appreciate the kind words. Uh huh. Now I'm going to. And I also want to thank my wife and family for uh, you know giving me support and the other things that they do for us behind the scenes. I mean, they keep us fed pretty good at the racetrack there, and they always got a different spread on the table there, and uh, really keep everybody uh, moving around pretty good. People get tired of hearing this from me, but the woman on the team, whether it's mom, wife, sister, girlfriend, they're the ones that hold it all together. And if oh, absolutely. And yep. if they're not on board, it's going to be a long summer. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I want to thank you for being with us. I'm going to stop up and see you. I think we're coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, okay. come over, and uh-huh. if Dad's there, he and I can solve some problems with racing. There you go. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Don. This portion of Rappin' on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. 
Hi, fans. Joining us now, Eric Westendorf, the voice of Larnerville Speedway. Eric, good evening. How are you? I'm great, Don. How are you? Good, good. you got a lot of stuff to tell us about. <laughs> yeah, we've really been witnessing some, uh, some great sprint car racing in the last week, haven't we? Yes, and, and Friday night was amazing. But let's, let's go back to Tuesday when uh, Donnie Schatz uh, pulled off another win. Yeah, I still went 10 more laps of that. Um, it was just a great race. It looked like Brad Sweet might have had it in the bag, and then he was trying to hold off Kyle Larson. And I don't think he forgot about Donnie Schatz, but I think he was so focused on keeping Larson behind him that uh, Donnie just went to the high side, got around. But, man, I'd love to have 10 more laps of that race. It was just so much fun to watch, and it's always such a great night. And then we fast forward to Friday, and uh, Jeremy Weaver stole a win away from uh, Brian Woodhall. A lot of like the same way that Donnie Schatz stole one from Brad Sweet on uh, Tuesday night. So, man, it was just uh, a great week of racing, and I think everyone knows by now I'm a big sprint car guy. So to see the World of Outlaws on Tuesday and then the Rush Sprint put on such a great show Friday night, uh, just a you know great week of racing overall. But, um, yeah, I, I just... I want more of both of those races. It was a lot of fun. Now, I know you have Weaver on your podcast. Why don't you tell people how they can hear that? Yeah, so the um, Action Track podcast is something that Gary uh, Heeman, our PR director, and I do weekly. Uh, It's available. We we have links on our website. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, we usually tweet those out a couple times a week. If you're on the SoundCloud app, you can listen there as well. I think you can subscribe there. When I get a little bit of free time, which I'm not exactly sure what that <laughs> phrase means, people talk about it all the time, but in my free time, I need to get us on the uh, the iCloud or the iTunes store, or whatever their podcast service is called, because I know a lot of people that do podcasts are on there, so we need to get it to where people can get it a little bit more accessible, but um, you know, between the full-time job at a school and the racetrack, and we just put a pool up this summer, it's... <laughs> Everything's a blur, but um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. It's something that, you know, I had a lot of fun co-hosting the trackside race uh, show with you for years and the opportunities I've had with Rapid On Racing. So um, I've been into podcasting pretty big the last few years with uh, fantasy football and Star Wars stuff. I'm a nerd like that. So I wanted to do a podcast, and Gary had a guy that he worked with doing hockey podcast his name is mitch his real name is brian mitchell we call him mitch so mitch does the producing he keeps gary and i in line and uh we do it every week so if you haven't listened yet it's the action track podcast there's links on our website would appreciate if everybody would give it a listen let's talk about tyler deets yeah tyler deets uh first repeat winner of 2020 uh, a little bit different last night so usually the pro stocks go last in our running order and last night just because of you know, the, the nature of the show being an all-rush show. And then, unfortunately, you know, we wanted to take some time to do a uh, helmet pass for the late Brandon Hawkins. He had run with the Rush Sprint since its inception, and this year had made the move up to the Allegheny Sprint Tour 305s, but uh, he had tragically passed away in a work accident this week. So uh, we wanted to take some time, do that for the family, and the race fans responded as they always do, and raised over $4,000 for Brandon's family. Uh, really means a lot. Our uh, video guys from Lernerville TV uh, did it in memory video that I sent to Dave uh, this morning, and we'll, that will go public on uh, Wednesday. There's a memorial service at the track 
there's details on our website if you're interested. Um, I believe that's in addition to, you know, the regular funeral that they're having for Brandon. But um, wanted the family to see that memorial video first, so we will release that on Wednesday. And um, just really touching, and, you know, you hate when those things happen, but, um, you know, the people responded like they always do. So, you know, back to the Tyler, you know, Deeds thing. Um, they ran the first feature, so the track, you know, Tyler said it was a lot more like it is for their heat. And he has felt uh, this year, at least so far, that he's been better in the heats than he has been in the feature. But he's been pretty good in the features every night. But uh, track was a lot tackier than normal. Without the 410 sprints and the big block modifies, the cushion was a little bit lower than it's been. So it kind of took a little bit of an advantage away from both Corey McPherson and Mike Miller, who tend to thrive on the high side. Uh, Tyler's a bottom digger. He likes to get down there and get the traction. And everything just played to his favor Friday night and picked up his second win of the season. Kyle Lucon wins a lot of places, but uh, he doesn't get to Lernerville too often. Was this his first win ever at Lernerville? Yep, uh, first Lernerville feature win, and you know, for a while, again, it looked like Johnny Mollick was going to win back-to-back races, at least back-to-back Friday nights. He won two Fridays ago in a deal mods, and then this past Friday, it looked like he had the uh, Rush Lay model feature tied up, but uh, about mid-race, he and uh, Kyle started throwing sliders back and forth. And on the final restart, Kyle pull, or Kyle took the lead and pretty much pulled away from John. So, yeah, it, you know, we had a, a good mix of the Rush late model cars have been running at Pittsburgh the last few years. And um, Kyle's been close. He said he led up to, I think, lap 36 in the Billy Meek Memorial a couple years ago. And uh, finally got it done last night and looked really good doing it. Chaz Wolbert, one of the hottest drivers in the Modifieds. Your thoughts on his race? Absolutely dominant. Uh, there was no stealing that win away from him. Uh, he led all 20 laps. Um, he's been you know, the dominant force in that division. Uh, Great-looking car. Um, Gearing-wise, uh, Friday night, I was up on the roof. Gary has been calling the Modified action, and I let him do the, the Sportsman Modifieds for the rush night, so I was up on the roof watching and you know um chaz was hitting the chip about halfway maybe three quarters of the way down the front straightaway uh so the scary thing is you know without that chip for the rev limiter he probably could have won by even more (laughs) uh just a dominant performance uh rob christiak looked really good um thought he may have had a chance to run him down once he got into the second spot but chaz just had the field covered how about this friday what's up uh, there's some guy named Don Gamble and his friends from Rapid on Race and are hosting Nostalgia Night this Friday night. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that I'm going away this weekend. This is the only time that I can get away. And I uh, just switched jobs this summer so I don't get a full week's vacation just the way everything fell this year. But taking a long weekend to go to Virginia, North Carolina. So I'll be disappointed uh, that I'm not going to be at Nostalgia Night. Uh, but always a great night. You and uh, everybody that's involved with your team does a great job bringing in drivers from the 50-plus year history of the Speedway. A lot of classic and vintage race cars there. And, you know, some of the all-time greats, the Hall of Famers will be there. It's always a great night. So if you're in the area and are able to get the Nostalgia Night, you will not be disappointed either by the pre-race festivities with all the retired or semi-retired drivers. I've told that no driver ever really retires. It's just a opportunity to get in another car. But, um 
it's always a great night, and you know, I, I'm just disappointed I'm not going to be there for it this year. It's a fun night, and I love it. Uh, Bob Axe is bringing the 100 coupe that he ran in the area many years ago. It's been in storage for 40-plus years, and I put a posting wow. on Facebook, and 8,765 people looked at the picture. Now, obviously, they're not all coming to Lernerville, but it generated so much interest because that's where it all started back in the day. Right, so that's the car he won the first race at Lernerville in? No, it was his brother. His brother, Johnny, was in the car Johnny number... Johnny won the first race, that's right. That's car, right. Car number third. still, you know, a, a living piece of history, um, and that's what Nostalgia Night's all about. And to see the drivers uh, that have... You know, retired or don't race anymore for whatever reason. Just the look in their eyes when they get to see those cars, and you know the bench racing that goes on that night, and the stories that are told. Uh, just a really great night, and we appreciate everything you do to put that together every year. We're coming up on a break. Any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add? As always, we appreciate you checking out Learnerville TV. Uh, we are continuing to work. We get a lot of great feedback. Uh, the biggest piece of feedback is just. Um, you have the video guys trying to stay not necessarily locked on the leaders all the time. So we have a couple new videographers that know racing a little bit better. The guys that do the production know that side of it very well, but they're still learning our drivers. So we have a couple videographers now that are more in tune. They know who the drivers are. They can follow my call and Gary's call a little better. So uh, we appreciate everyone who has subscribed. And if you haven't tried it or if you tried it and you were a little bit disappointed with the early results, we appreciate you giving us another shot. Uh, we really think we're making a lot of momentum. We have the timing and scoring embedded, and that's all on Lernerville TV. All you got to do is sign up to register. You can buy a single pass for 20 bucks. The better deal is to sign up for an entire month for $30. So if you haven't given it a shot yet, and if you're on vacation, like, you know, I'm going to be this Friday, I'm going to be sitting at my mom's house watching it on the big screen instead of being at the track so that'll be a little bit uh, different and weird but it's a great opportunity for people because i know your listeners are spread all over the country so if you're listening to rapid on racing and you missed the learnerville speedway uh, check out learnerville tv you're not going to be disappointed i watched the entire stream last night in the dow carnahan center and the picture quality is perfect and the sound is outstanding so i uh, echo what you said the people need to sign on and get that well eric i want to thank you for being with us this evening i hope you have a nice vacation and we'll see you when you get back thank you don i appreciate it and we'll see you in a couple weeks We're in the pits at the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup race with uh, tonight's winner, Donnie Schatz. Donnie, how special it is. You've won this race multiple times, but to come back to Lernerville that has a, a track so steep in condition in history, and you've had a chance to hear you know, the Don Martin legacy, and it's just a great race, and, and, and to be able to race with fans, and there's just a crazy crowd here tonight. Yeah, uh, it means a lot coming here. It always has since the first time I crossed that Pennsylvania border. It's a uh, Competition gets pretty tough out here, and uh, it starts at Lernerville. So, uh, you know, we, we've had a, been very fortunate to come and have some great races here, and uh, you know, the, the legacy lives on in the Silver Cup, and been honored to, to win it a few times. So, 
another great night. Um, 2020 is definitely one of them years. You, I think a lot of people would just like to for, forget and hit the reset button, but unfortunately we can't. So nights like tonight are a step in the right direction for our sport and getting back to our country as a whole. And it's great to see the people out roaming the pits and uh, everybody doing their part to uh, enjoy enjoy the life and uh, glad to be a part of it. Just to you know, take us back to those last couple laps, Kyle and, and Brad, just no one knew where it was going to be. I mean, you took the high side, you took the bottom, and then you just kind of like snuck right past Brad there towards the end on the high side. Well, I got, you know, I got to moving around on the racetrack because uh, I got the traffic and I just had to, I had to do something and try something different. And, you know, got, Brad got by us and, um, you know, what didn't get too concerned because I could kind of hang with him. I could get a, get a run on him in three and four. But uh, then Kyle got by, you know, he run her in there and parked and, uh, you know, you, you, it's hard to be racing for the lead when you're back racing for third. But those guys just got to where they were they were chugging the bottom really good in three and four, or, you know, slowing down. So I had no choice. I couldn't I couldn't stick down there, and I knew it. So I didn't stay down there. I just went around them, or you know, tried to keep my speed up and uh, make it work the best I could. And I, I got past Kyle there, um, got a run on Brad off of three and four, and uh, you know, went by and one and two, and we never seen him again. Thank goodness. So. Um, it was an exciting race. Uh, I didn't really know that we'd actually won when it was over. But uh, that's the nature of the beast, and some of them are like that, I guess. Now you win some, you lose some. But would you rather be with a couple laps to go in the lead or be the tail thing? Because as a leader, you have such a disadvantage, and you guys are in heavy lap traffic. You can't predict where you want to be and when you want to be in this crowd. These guys are all the best. Um, you know, Brad and Kyle are really good. Um, you know, we, we had a pretty good pace. Uh, I made my own mistakes, but um, I made them early enough towards you know that I could that I could make up for them, which is uh, a good thing. So if I'd have made the mistakes uh, any later, we would have been second or third, and that's all there is to it. What a season of craziness! Congratulations on the Don Martin Memorial win, and best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you. <laughs> this is Eric Westendorf, the voice of Lunderville Speedway. You're listening to Rapid On Race. We're in the pits after the race at Lernerville Speedway, and joining me is Jeremy Weaver. You had an opportunity earlier to hear Jeremy's victory lane. Jeremy, congratulations on your first win at Lernerville, but we, we all the listeners pretty much just heard that, but take us through the entire race. We'll kind of maybe go from, you know, halfway, you know, you started mid-pack around sixth, and you got up into the top three, and it was a good battle, uh, with, you know, with uh, the 27, and you had Kevin Rollman in there, and then uh, just you, from our perspective, I never saw, I mean, you really ran two different lines. You were married to the bottom on one and two, and obviously I, that was because I'm sure there was a bite down there, and uh, by, the, by the time you guys got the race, you know, it was, this, you know, the second feature, and the track was a little bit, you know, worn, but, uh, you, you know, you ran as low as possible on one and two but then you three three and four you were up there on the cushion and there was a little bit of a cushion finally it wasn't so much in the heat race but you had to hit your marks perfectly at three and four which you did i think almost every time but maybe one time uh you got up over the cushion a little bit and that kind of set you back a little bit but uh, when you're in a situation jeremy when you're chasing down the leader uh and we'll play devil's advocate. Would you rather be leading or would you rather be in the position that you're in? Our last two wins have been on the last lap. 
like that. So uh, I, it is kind of fun to chase, you know, and have that opportunity to make something happen there at the end. Uh, leading's always good, too, because then you can get out. We won at Sharon and got out front early and led the whole race, and those are smooth races when you can do that. But I like it's fun to chase a car down, you know, and, and just to run hard and see if you can catch them. You were getting close, getting close, but you really weren't really showing the nose at all. And again, you were battling with Chad so much down there in turn one and two. At times, it almost looked like the car stopped. Uh, and then you would it was like you turned the switch on and like a little catapult shot you down the back straightaway. So you made up time to get up to the high side at three and four. But coming to the white flag, Jeremy, you were still trailing and... I know you were searching for a little bit throughout the race, but again, you were just that sight. You were comfortable where you were running. I know from where I was watching up in the grandstands, I was talking to myself, go up, go up a lane, go up a lane, go up a lane, and you did, and you really hit your marks there. And that, you know, coming off a two, and you were launching off a two no matter where you were, but running through the middle at that time, that just carried your momentum really down the back straight to take the lead. Yeah, I knew I knew that we were going to have to do something. Three and four, we were real good. And one and two, I, I just struggled all night trying to stay on the bottom and get that run off of two. And uh, like you said, we were trailing down the front straight away, and the white flag came out. And uh, I saw the lap car go to the top, and I saw Brian Woodhall follow him. So I knew that I had to, had to make a count and get, get a run off of two real good. And and uh, coming out of turn two, I saw, I looked up, and I saw those two getting caught up at the top, and I saw Woodhull fading, so I knew that we, once we got that launch off of two that we were going to be leading down the back straightaway. And uh, then for the first time of the whole night, I drove it into three and four on the bottom just to make sure, because I knew that Brian, being such a good driver, wasn't going to give up. And uh, I knew that I had to prevent him from being able to get back into the lead on the bottom anyhow, so I drove it into the bottom, and... We were able to make the car real wide coming to the checkered. Yeah, fortunately, when you you had enough of a cushion there, you know, after you cleared him coming out the back straight, getting into three and four, that was the only time I think the whole race you did get to the bottom. And because of that, again, you're going to protect your line, but at the same point, you're going to take away uh, his line as well. But again, I had a chance to talk to you just not in victory lane or whatever a couple of weeks ago with Sharon. Uh, a little bit different track there. I know you were a little, you were a little bit frustrated that night. It was very, very slick tonight. I, I, I'd say it was a racy track, and but I, I just think from a driver's standpoint, Jeremy, how great was it to see? You really haven't had large fields this year of cars, but to, to have a plenty, you know, twenty-plus field of sprint cars tonight just shows you when people come to Lernerville. That's one you want to check. And, and no matter who I'm talking to, whether it's Kyle Larson, it's David Gravel, all these guys, Donnie Schatz, you want to win here at Lernerville. It's a little now to check off that bucket list. Absolutely. You know, once once we crossed the, the finish line and we'd won the race, I just kept saying to myself, we did it at Lernerville. Like, that is, that is so cool to be able to do it here. And uh, that's something I've always dreamt of. And this track has is so historic, and it's like – it's a, it's a landmark place, and it is somewhere, like you said, that everybody wants to come and win here at Lernerville, and it is a huge deal. And This track is so cool, and uh, like you said, it's my first win here, and I'm, I'm so, so glad that I was able to get it done, and I was just so, so cool to stand up on the roof of that car there in Lernerville Victory Lane. 
It was great to see mom and dad in victory lane. I, I know it, it, it means a lot to both of them. Your grandmother was there and your car owners. And let's just talk about your car owners because you're just the driver of this vehicle. Yeah, Ted Hall and his, his dad, Cal, you know, they they chose me to drive this, this 41 Rush Sprint car for them last year. And I'm truly blessed that, that they give me, you know, the amazing cars that they do. I owe it all to them. Uh, Ted really sets up that car. He's he's the brains behind everything and makes all the final calls. And he really, really gives me a great car every weekend. And I I can't thank him enough for what he does for me. And you know we owe it to him to try and do our best. Well, Jeremy, congratulations on that first win at Lernerville Speedway. I think that's number three this year. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully there'll be many more in both this year and in future here at Lernerville. And again, savor the victory tonight and we'll catch you somewhere down the road. Yeah, thank you. Welcome back to PRN's At The Track. Joining us now on the ProFabrication.com hotline after his win at Lernerville Speedway last weekend in the Pro Stock Division, Joey's Embody. Now, Joey, I, a couple of my friends, a lot of my friends uh, have been involved in drag racing. And when I say Pro Stock to them, they think, you know, the, the Pro Stocks that run uh, in drag racing. Well, what's a Pro Stock dirt car running uh, at Lernerville like? Up north here, the pro stock class is still a street stock uh, race cars. Our chassis have to be of a race car. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, a, a street car type thing. Is that it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we start with a 1980s uh, GM Chevrolet car, and then that's what we have to build our frames off of. I know all over the U.S., every every different track has different names for them, but a street stock is about the best best way to consider what we are well and you certainly do it like a pro joey's embody on the profabrication.com hotline profabrication headers exhaust and all the parts and pieces that go with it just a click of a mouse away at profabrication.com so you win the race there now from what i understand uh, our friend don gamble was trying to give me a little bit of the insight don the host of rapping on racing one of the uh, preeminent radio shows and uh, podcasts for all of uh, you know Pennsylvania and motorsports in general, giving me the inside scoop on you, Joey, that uh, the season has been one of so, so close, a couple of uh, almost wins, and you finally got this one. Uh, what's, what's been the, uh, the trouble going into uh, this race before we fix it and you get this win? What, what's happened uh, leading up to it? Right now, it's been a lot of mental game. Um, I feel that we have plenty. We've had so much speed this year. And we found some stuff going on with the front end of the car actually this, this weekend before or this past weekend before we got out onto the track and weren't able to make the necessary changes that we needed to. But, you know, we made it where it was good enough to run. Uh, opening night, we lost coming, coming to the checker flag. I uh, bumped into the guy that was actually passing for the lead and, and I ended up spinning out. So going from winning a race to, to sitting there stalled, and that was a heartbreaker. Then second week, we had a big lead, and lap 11, I spun myself. And nothing you can do in them instances. You know, it's just a heartbreaker for the crew because they put so many hours into the car a week to get everything right. And like I said, it's just so much of a mental game. You know, you have to have good equipment behind you, but you have to be mentally mentally prepared, you know, for the entire 20 laps. Joey Zimbadi on the ProFabrication.com hotline talking about his Pro Stock Division win at Lernerville that came after those two heartbreaks that he just had there. So, Joey, you go back, you know, you, you've had these two. Uh, what do you do to fix that mental stuff? Do you, do you kind of do yoga? Do you, you know, uh, uh, go to and get a few cold ones with your buddies? Uh, do you run? Do you, you know, lift? What do you do 
to get past that that hiccup that we all have, whether, you know, it's working on a radio show, whether it's, uh, you know, doing uh, any number of things. How did you overcome it? Maybe we can learn. Um, right now, I'd say the biggest thing is just uh, trying to get, you know, pull away from myself, uh, or, you know, from everybody at the track. And, you know, whether it's my dad or one of my crew guys, you know, we go for walks to the track and just kind of trying to mentally prepare me. And when we get into the car, we take it so serious. I mean, when I strap a helmet on, I want to give the fans 150% of what we're capable of giving every night on the track. Um, not one to back down and quit. And just, just knowing that we have to mentally block everything out um, is, is a major thing right now. Well, look like you got it. Look like you got it done, Joey's Zimbody on the ProFabrication.com hotline. So, so you're able to, you know, get the blinders on. You're able to get to that fourth corner in this uh, in this race. What did it feel like when you made it through that corner? And now you're looking up, and the checkers are finally falling after the the two defeats. There, now you got it. How does that feel? It definitely, it's a uh, it's a thrill moment. You know, it makes makes you feel makes me feel like you've accomplished something that all the hard work has finally paid off. I mean, like I said, you can run, you can run 19 perfect laps, but you don't finish that. You don't execute on that 20th lap. And you know, your whole night and your whole week is, you know, it's ruined. You can ask my wife on the way homes. I'm not the uh, most, most fun guy to ride home with because I beat myself up so bad when you have a bad night. Joey Zimbody on the profabrication.com hotline chatting about overcoming the, uh, the mental mountain that was uh, in the way from uh, the first couple of races of the season at Lernerville to finally getting the pro stock victory that Hay has now. And uh, congratulations with that. So you go into, uh, you know, the future races here. Do you, do you start to, uh, you know, work on the car more? What do you think you're going to need now to keep this uh, kind of victory momentum going? Every week that we you make changes to the car to make it better and better, and people laugh because if you win this week, they think that your car should be good enough for the following week. But we're constantly building off of what we've done in the previous weeks, and we just keep making little changes here and there. And we we take a lot of mental no- or excuse me a lot of notes this year, um, so that we know what's working and what's not working. Uh, we don't want to take too many big changes, but. Every, every, you know, every night that we strap in and we're making, you know, it seems like we're making mountains of changes because of how much better it's making us every time we hit the track. So, so that, that, uh, that, other than that, that leads me to a question though. One thing that hasn't changed, Joey's embodied the pro stock winner from Lernerville on the line. One thing that seems very consistent with you is very unique. Uh, you don't see three digit numbers very much in racing, but the fans, you'll be able to know Joey's embodied. He's number nine, four, eight, nine hundred and forty eight. Where do you come up with a number like that, Zimbody? So I grew up on racing motocross dirt bikes and in my number always grown up was forty eight. And in 2009, we'd, uh, we had, I had got my, gotten my, my pro motocross license, so you had to have a three-digit number. So 2009, 10, and 11, we raced professional motocross, and by the time we got to that state, I just had too many concussions and injuries um, to overcome. So at the end of 2011, we started to reevaluate everything, and that's when we, got, we bought a race car the following season. So I decided I was going to go back to number 48, and first night we show up at the track, there's another 48. So they made me put a number or a letter after it. So I told my dad, I was like, we're going back to the three digit. And that's, that's where we are now. 
Well, the 948 Joey's Embody took all three digits to victory lane at Lernerville. Congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Fans, stay with us. We'll be right back. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your host, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Wow, what an action-packed night we had. Eight feature races, six divisions on hand, two makeup features from a couple of weeks ago when we uh, went up against the curfew on the night of the Herb Scott Memorial. So we'll start there with the hobby stock makeup feature from back on the week before. Give the wins to Tyler Fox, finally breaking Stephen Sheltman's winning streak. Sheltman came in second. Adam Faree, Carly Kovacs, and John Kane made up your top five. Five, six through ten were Kayla McManus, Matt Bernard, Robert Betts, Tom Anton, and Ben Anton. That's your top ten from the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks makeup feature from a couple of weeks earlier. The other makeup feature on the evening was the was the open four cylinders, that is, and Philip Bubeck once again uh, gracing victory lane. The two L gentleman from West Virginia uh, came in. In the uh, Open 4 division with the win, Bill Tennant in second, John Gill, Kyle Janis, and Susie Rudolph, recent graduate from the uh, Young Gun division. She rounds out the top five. Tanya Charlier, Eric Reynolds in that number 53 Herbie Lovebug car was 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th were Jay Swagger Jr., Andy Garlinger, and Chad Brandt. Well, it was on to the regular racing uh, during the evening, the Rush Dirt Late Models, the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models took to the track with their heat races, and it was Ben Police, Jake Gunn, and Mike Doritsky picking up heat races. Uh, really a great field of cars, 24 cars on hand, uh, one of the biggest fields we've had this year. A lot of guys starting to tune up for the big George class, uh, Steel City Classic Memorial Race on August the 8th. So again, Police, Gunn, and Doritsky, your heat race winners. Boy, coming down to victory lane, it was uh, Ben Police getting the win, but not without some drama. Last-minute uh, antics with uh, cautions coming out on the last lap in several of our races on Saturday night. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, feature winners had a great handle on the field. I mean, a big lead, and that was all cut short three different times on Saturday night. Ben Police was one of them. Uh, Police comes out always an excited Ben Police in victory lane. We'll get to that in a moment. John Mollick, Tommy Sherman. Hoffer, Christian Schneider, and Michael Doritsky make up the top five. Jake Gunn, Joe Martin, Daryl Charlier, Zach Kane. Now, Charlier was in the 64K car. Uh, Keith Barber not able to make it, so the uh they uh, they brought out Daryl Charlier to drive the 64K. Zach Kane was ninth, and Tony White was 10th. And once again, it was our 2019 champion, Ben Police, coming away with a victory. And he uh, very excited Ben Police. Never a dull moment in victory lane when, when the young man from Rice's Landing, Pennsylvania, pulls in. And he met up with Scott Stiller handling our victory lane interviews last night. And boy, Ben Police was excited sudden you see the checkered flag or you see the caution flag oh they were they were telling me out a good lead and uh we've got screwed before on them last lap cautions and i seen that come out and i was like man not again just just get us through you know i was talking to my dad in there just saying you know come on dad get me through this one good start just get us get us a checkered flag walk us through the restart it was uh you know, I knew Mullick, he lined up on the outside. I looked up at the screen, seen the 60, and, you know, he's he's the fastest guy here, it seems like. So I, I knew 
it was going to be a drag race and uh, just had to hit my marks on the bottom and, and not clip the water or the wall or anything. You get around this place pretty well. You're the 2019 track champion. What is it about this place? You know, I, I really like this place. It's just... It's a very competitive class. You know, some nights you're all the way at one wall. Some nights you're at the other wall. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a really awesome place. There's a lot of competitive people. On any night, there's probably 10 different guys that can win here. You can't do this without support. Tell us who helps you out. No, I tell you what. Sean Phillips, he's the crew chief. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to continue, you know, where I'm at. He comes over and just, he does so much and you know, Travis from work came down, and I even told him, I said, you know, without Sean, you know, I'm, I'm able to kick back in the AC and kind of take it easy on Saturdays. And without the everybody you see on the car, producer supply, carry resources, quality machine company, Lee's Plumbing and Excavating, Hayden Excavating, and, um, I mean, everybody on here, they just they keep the, keep the thing going. Give it up to your winner tonight, Ben Police. Moving on, once again, we had the uh, Rush Sportsman Modifieds on hand. Uh, everyone knows pretty much what's happening at Sharon Speedway, and they don't exactly have a home on Saturday nights. So we had seven of those guys show up, and Chaz Wolbert comes away with a win. He is now 4-4 four for four on the season at PPMS. He picked up a victory the night before at the Lernerville Speedway. So give him five victories uh, during the season so far uh, for Chaz Wolbert out of uh, Ohio, Howland, Ohio. Garrett Crummert in the 10S, uh, part of the, one of the Jerry Schaefer uh, cars. He comes across in second. Now, Garrett Crummert had uh, this field completely covered. I mean, he was well ahead of second place, Wolbert. Wolbert was coming, but it was a long, long distance. Once again, another one of those feature races where a caution comes out on lap, uh, the, the second-to-last lap, it would have been lap 14 in this case. So uh, we go green-white checkered. The 15-lap feature becomes a 16-lap feature. And right down at the end, Chaz Wolbert, last lap pass gets Garrett Crummer, Tony Tackenhurst in third in the 63T, Aiden Cipriano and Chelsea Crickich rounding out the top five, Jacob Wolf and Cole Holden rounded out the field in the Rush Sportsman Modifieds. Dave McManus, uh, McHighside, I think is what the name that they've taken from me, or uh, McHigh Lane. Uh, it's also right on the side of the car. Ben, ben uh, Balloon, of course, the owner of the 114 car, and they put a graphic up there and called him McHighside. And uh, Dave McManus, once again, uses that high line. Ryan Moyer, another one of these races where, again, last lap, uh, on the white flag lap, we go to a caution, and Ryan Moyer had the field covered. Now, not with the uh, not with quite the, the dominance that uh, Chaz Wolbert had in the modifieds, but he was leading, and that put the caution put McManus right next to him for the restart. Uh, Moyer chose the inside. McManus was wound up on the outside, and that was all she wrote. Dave McManus uses that outside lane and the green white checker, and he takes the win, and uh, Jordan Perkins won the heat race, uh, sole heat race for that one, but 
Boy, once again, Dave McManus back in victory lane. Ryan Moyer finally finished up second. Nick Kachuba, who won last week, uh, finished third. Joe Anthony this week was the pilot of the 69 X car. That car has a revolving door on it with a few other drivers, including Jake Simmons and Danny Rich. Last night, or Saturday night it was, was uh, Joe Anthony in the 69X finishing fourth. Chase Lambert in the 22JR finishing fifth. Eric Petrowski, Bill Slade, Jordan Perkins, and Brian Wagner. Uh, and Devin Jones didn't start, but uh, he would have rounded out the top 10. So 10 pro stocks on hand. And once again, Dave McManus had him covered. And McManus got to speak to Scott Stiller in victory lane. Um, you know, I feel really bad for Ryan. That was his race. Uh, he deserves it. Um, I knew I had a chance. Once that, once that caution came out, I, I figured he'd pick the low line. And uh, I figured I'd just let it sail and, and see if it sticks or if it doesn't. But uh, I feel really bad for Ryan. He's a super... Uh, he deserved that one. Well, let's talk a little bit about you were working the high line all night, and he had obviously had some kind of hookup on the low line. Yeah, he's. Uh, I wish I could be half as good as he is on the low line. Um, my, my the high side is my place where I live and die at. Um, the, the car was just fantastic tonight. So you know, fortunate caution for us. That two lap battle was something these fans were going nuts. Yeah, it was pretty exciting from where I was at. Uh, yeah, we got we pinched each other a little tight, but you know a lot of respect between the two of us, and uh, luckily we came out on top. I know you can't do this without some help, so who helps you out? Uh, you know, first and foremost, my buddy Ben J and J A T R, centerline collision, posty trucking. Uh, Lasso Construction, Duffy's Beer, um, Brockers Machine Shop, my buddy John, uh, Ben and his girls, my my brother Greg, my buddy Bruce. It's just a family affair. Now we gotta hope my daughter brings it home in one piece in the next feature. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Dave McManus. So after the double features were done for the other two divisions, that being the hobby stocks and the open fours, we get, got down to business with both of those divisions with their regular show. And their regular show uh, on Saturday night included double money, kind of a call out from Miley Motorsports to say thank you for allowing yourselves to be bumped uh, the, the previous week. So double money for these guys. And in the regularly scheduled feature race, uh, 17 cars on hand broke into three heats. Tyler Fox, Stephen Shelton. And Carly Kovacs, your heat race winners. Stephen Sheltman winds up your winner again. So he got his winning streak broken in the uh, makeup race, but he was right back there in uh, victory lane when it all ended. Tyler Fox wound up in second, Adam Furry third, Frank McGill, Matt Bernard, Cody Catellis, Carly Kovacs, Kayla McManus, Robert Betts, and John Kane rounding out the top 10 in the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks. In the regularly scheduled Open 4 feature, uh, two heat races covering the 13 cars on hand for that. Philip Bubeck was your first heat race winner, and Bill Tennant was your second heat race winner. Those two gentlemen, they make up the entire winning field this year of the races we've had. It's either been Bill Tennant or Philip Bubeck. Bubeck winning a couple in a row, and Saturday night it was Bill Tennant back in victory lane. Bill Tennant, another West Virginian, uh, back in victory lane on Saturday night. Philip Bubeck did come across in second. Bill Tennant's wife, April Tennant, and that number 95 uh, 
Lightning McQueen lettered car or painted car looks like uh, it came, comes in third. Jay Swagger Jr., Susie Rudolph, another recent graduate, as we said, from the Young Guns from last year. Kyle Janis, also in that uh, crowd that came up from the Young Guns last year. Chris Knight, Eric Reynolds in the Herbie the Love Bug Volkswagen was eighth. Chad Brandt, ninth, and Tanya Charlier, while she uh, actually four cars didn't make the call, so Charlier was the first of the four. She would have been scored as a 10th place finisher in our open four-cylinder division. And lastly, uh, first feature of the night, we always run it off quickly for them, the Young Guns. This is the teenage division, and it was Noah Bubeck. Uh, last week, brothers won in each of their divisions. Well, uh, this past uh, Saturday night, Noah Bubeck comes in again as your winner of the Young Guns feature, finishing uh, ahead of Cameron Hollister, Dylan Clip, and Cameron Lambert. And that's a wrap from Saturday night. This coming Saturday night, August 1st, it's a regular five-division show. That's the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. It's also uh, Burke's $1 Hot Dog Night. And uh, everybody wants to be there for a good hot dog from Burke's for just a dollar. So once again, uh, that coming up this coming Saturday, August 1st, August the 8th, the Juke George Steel City Classic, when the Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series will be back, and August 15th, the big one for the Pro Stocks, the Ed Laboon Memorial. You'll want to start gearing up for those two races. Normally, not back-to-back, -back, but so far, there has been nothing normal about 2020, and a couple of specials kind of running back-to-back -back this year. So, a big August coming up, starting with a regular five-division show, and then we kick off with uh, a couple of big specials coming up on the 8th and the 15th. Keep up to date with all of it at ppms.com. Reporting for Rapping on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, PowerTech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts number one Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. 
their mission, treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. Lernerville Speedway is the action track with racing every Friday night from April to October. Thousands of loyal fans flock to Don Martin's Lernerville Speedway in Sarver, PA. The excitement of watching drivers and their machines compete on a super fast dirt track is exhilarating and habit-forming. Weekly shows include 410 sprint cars, super late models, big block modifieds, and pro stocks. Special events feature the World of Outlaw Sprints, the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup, the World of Outlaws Late Model Firecracker 100, Steel City Stampede Modified Tour, Enduros, Kids Bike Races, Demo Derbies, and bus races. Make your plans to visit the action track on Friday nights. Gates open at 5 with racing at 7.30. Lernerville Speedway! And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, up next is a, a father and daughter team, and, and it's a, a great story. Uh, joining us is Tommy Dombrowski and daughter Julia. Tommy, you've raced for many, many years, you know, and, and you had a good career. You did a lot of it with your f father in the pro stocks and then in the, in the crate late models. And two years ago, you decided, and we'll let the listeners know, know the reason why, you wanted to get back into it. but. The great part of this whole story is you got back in it with yourself, but you got back in it with your daughter, and your daughter at that time was 13, and Julia's only now 14. And Julia, you know, you're the crew chief of the cars, but we'll, we'll get to that. But Tommy, welcome to Rapid on Racing. Um, we see you around. Last year, you ventured out and you made your runs at Latrobe Speedway, and we're the track champion up there. This year, you're kind of running a little bit hit and miss with. And this crazy corona uh, situation we have right now. So, you know, Lernerville is a little bit closer to the house, but uh, you, know, you still run at Latrobe. But again, let's talk about why you got back into it and the experience you're having with your daughter. Yeah, I was uh, out of racing for nine years, and my buddy Brandon Lott uh, wanted to get a crate late model, and I helped him out. I brought my daughter Julia around, and uh, she showed a lot of interest in it. And, so I was like, you want to do this? And uh, she said, yeah. So we bought a car for Joe Rona. Um, we made the body ourselves. She painted everything herself. We just about did everything after the chassis and put together. And uh, had a fun year. Won two races, won the championship, and uh, decided to keep going. So I had uh, Chris Snyder at SS Chassis built me a brand new car. And uh, working the bugs out of it now, but it's not bad. Julia, you're still only 14 years of age, and obviously your dad took a long period of time off, so you really probably didn't get to see him race that much. And if you did at that age, you probably didn't quite understand it. You might have been in the grandstands with grandma or whatever, but when your dad came up with this idea, he wanted to get back into it because he wanted to share time with you. And again, 
any time a parent can share time with, whether it's a, a father and a daughter, a father and a son, those memories are priceless. But, you know, I've watched you on Facebook, and, you know, we know we all say if it's on Facebook, it's got to be true. Yeah, sometimes we say that. But uh, you are an integral part of, the, of this team. I mean, your dad's telling me you're the crew chief, and I believe it. I was watching you this past week uh, change an axle. I've watched you put body panels on, and you do it all. So what made Joy all of a sudden in a, in a million things? that you can do as a young lady what made you want to get into racing and in, in this crazy sport we love it to death once it bites you you can't get rid of it obviously your dad was away from it for about nine years and you're back but how fun is it not only to spend time with your dad but to learn things but yet spend time with the the, the crew the family and our racing family is one in a million yeah it's really fun we just got involved with it because his dad obviously did it with him before he fortunately passed uh, away whenever I was like two but we just kind of you have like mechanical ability I mean some people were gifted with certain things I mean, some people can throw a, a baseball or a football you know other people no matter it's a, a female or whatever I know Dan, Dennis Herb's crew chief you know she's a uh, she works on a, you know, a World of Outlaw late model car, and she does it all. So, again, you know, tell the listeners, Julia, and again, I know you're a little bit bashful, but that's okay. You know, just all the things that you do. I mean, I know what you do, but let's talk to them, you know, with what you do on the car at the races and when you get it home and what you do during the week. Yeah, during the week, I usually, like, fill the... Like put race fuel in the car and stuff, and you obviously check nuts and bolts. Yeah, check nuts, nuts and bolts, and you help scale it with your dad. Uh, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Well, yeah, don't we? Yeah, we still we scale it the car and um. So how interesting it is, like, like for instance, you were changing at uh, rear end. That's just something that's not easily done, and I watched you do it, and I was really impressed because I've changed quite a few, and these 9-inch uh, Ford rear ends are not the easiest to change. Yeah, it's hard. He obviously picks it up and puts it there, but... Uh... Well, we want him to lift it up. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, like the smell of it. I don't, oh, yeah, do no, not yeah. like the smell of it at all, but... Um, yeah, it's pretty easy for me. I just, like, tighten all the bolts and, like, put it on. I don't know. Just... Now, are there, are there things that you see sometimes that you tell your dad and say, like, you know, hey, maybe I see a crack under there or just... Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, last year, I rem this is the one time I remember it, uh, we uh, saw, like, I, I saw, like, some nuts off the car, and I um, told him about it, so, yeah. Well, it's, it, that's important, because if you go out to the racetrack and something falls off, it, 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 but, you know, how great is it to be learning? Is this something that you just learn, you have a natural ability, Julia, to, to learn, or are you just, you're learning from your dad, and you're just a quick learner? I mean... I'm learning from my dad, and I feel like I'm a quick learner at some things. Yeah, there's there's just about nothing she can't do. She could, if I walk away and tell her, jack up, put on jack stands, take the tires off, 
she'll do that. You know, we got to put a panel back on, hand her the air rivet gun. She puts the panel back on. There's pretty much nothing that she can't do. And what we always say, and your dad will probably agree with this, race night's the easiest, isn't it? Yeah, definitely is. I mean, I get scared, obviously. But Why do you get scared? I, I just get nervous. You get nervous for something that you do, or you get nervous for your dad racing? Get nervous for my dad racing. <laughs> right, well, you'll get over that. That's that, that's again. As long as you have a, you've done it. Like, as the crew chief, you've done all the homework. You've checked all the nuts and bolts. You're ready. So when he gets in there, I know he has the utmost confidence, right? Yeah, you have to have confidence. You know, and, and sometimes it's a learning experience. Not always that you know we all make our share of mistakes, and you know hopefully they're not glaring ones. But it, that, that's part of racing. But. Uh, you know, Tommy, you know, how great is it being back, you know, with your daughter and your, and your mom's always been a big part of your racing to have that back in your life? Oh, it's, it's the only way I'd have it. I mean, if it was just me and a couple people, I wouldn't do it. It's, it's a family tradition, and that's what we're doing. Uh, my mom's uh, actually, she hates me racing, doesn't want me to come here or, or anywhere. But when she's here, she pays attention. Like, did you put fuel in the car? Did you charge the battery? Like, she's she's on it. She does it. She's a big part of this. Well, I would say your mom, mom you know, it, it, that's just natural being a mom. That That's just normal. I think that's the female in a lot of people. That's why your daughter probably is a little bit reluctant when you get out into the race car. But your mom is your biggest rooter. She's there. She's been there for you all this time, and she still is after all these years. Yeah, she won't miss a race. They'll complain about it. She, yeah, they'll complain about it. But yet, you know, if she wasn't here, your fan would be, you know, or Julia's fan would be nonstop uh, blowing up. But Julia, just you know, in conclusion, in these last two years, how how much fun has it been? As a young lady, you have so much that you can do. Uh, you know, there's fall sports where there may not be fall sports this year, and we we only hope. But uh, is there anything else besides racing that you like to do? You said maybe perhaps you're going to try out for cheerleading? Yeah, I re I'm really into cheerleading. I've been practicing all week and stuff. Um, I bet you'd be the only cheerleader that works on a race car. I can almost <laughs> guarantee you that. Probably. Well, Joy, it's been great talking to you, Tommy. Just to you know, wrap things up, let's talk about your crew and your sponsors. Uh, the crew is a big help. I mean, I, you can't do this yourself. You can't. I can't fund this car without my sponsors. Um, RJ Lee Group is uh, new this year. They're they're my uh, primary sponsor. They they helped out a lot. Uh, Pittsburgh Custom Towel came back again this year, and BJ Spotless Car Wash came back. Uh, there's uh, a lot of people in the car that help out with this, and uh, it's definitely a team effort. I think her girlfriend helps out too. Yeah, she does. Like she wasn't didn't know anything this year, and she's uh, she actually on her way here now. She uh, she helps me anything I need. I'd be going down there. I was like, I don't need any help. She'll come down here like, what can I help? Can I do this? What do you, what do you need me to do? She's she's very helpful and learns pretty quickly. One thing we all Don Gamble when I always say, Joy, you the most important part of the team is the wife, the girlfriend, the daughter, somebody that's on the female side of it because they keep the team running. Do you agree? Yeah. Well, Tommy and Joy, it's been great having you here on Wrapping on Racing, and we wish you the best of luck in the rest of the 2020 season. All right, thanks for having us on. Thank you. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. 
Tomas Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Tomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Ben Shelton has a great interview with the top five drivers from the Silver Dollar Nationals. The report is available thanks to Dirt on Dirt. Bob Miller works diligently to gather the sound bites from Victory Lane, and we hope you will patronize this fine organization. Brandon Shepard, you finally got the monkey off your back at I-80. You are a Silver Dollar Nationals champion. What made the difference tonight? Man, I don't know. We've, we've had such a good car here every time we've been here, whether it be the prelim nights or the heat races or whatever the case may be. We're, we're always up front. Um, you know, We've had some bad luck here and had to start a ways back and come up through the field. And, and uh, you know, today I think the biggest thing was is um, – even though I wasn't leading, I was able to control my own race. You know, I could 
go when I wanted to go and, and slow down when I wanted to slow down. I didn't have to take any chances um, except for there at the end, obviously. But, uh, you know, there early in the race, I kind of conserved a little bit. And I almost thought towards the middle of the race that I didn't conserve enough er, uh, early because, you know, I kind of got shuffled back there. And I think it was just the track, though, was starting to – the bottom was drying up a little bit and it wasn't throwing as many wet crumbs across the track. And uh, we're starting to get to that transition point where we're starting to clean up. So we were, I could run down there, but I was running, you know, um, in them guys' bad air. So it was really hard to, you know, I wouldn't have ever been able to pass them because they were in the right lane at that point. Um, so I just kind of moved around as much as I could and tried to figure out where I was going to make something happen at. And I couldn't find anywhere. So with 20 to go, I just uh, let it all hang out, you know. And uh, when we when we had the, the fuel stop, um, you know, my guys told me that my tires were, were in really good shape and I took care of them pretty good. So um, I knew towards the end I could go as hard as I wanted to. So I just went for it, you know, and it, it worked out for us. And like I said earlier, the, uh, the heat race last night kind of helped me for today because I... Uh, in my mind, I thought, okay, towards the end of the feature, the bottom's going to stop blowing, blowing come, <laughs> bottom's going to stop blowing crumbs across the track. We're going to stop kind of carving through that middle because it's going to stop blowing wet crumbs across there, and then you know, guys are either going to be way in the bottom or all the way up on top. And there's there's only a few guys that'll get up there and get up on top. And I wasn't seeing the 32 up on the board, so I did, I knew I didn't have to go too early. I was waiting to see him up there because you know if he was up there you know you had to go so that's kind of um you know like i said i was just fortunate to be able to control my own race there and do what i wanted to do and put the car where i wanted to put it and then towards the end we could just uh get up there and go you know and i i only had to really i only really had to push my stuff and make aggressive moves there at the very end of the race and that's what you know that's that's always key in a hundred lapper especially at a track that's as racy as this place is um you know it's a lot harder to to conserve for as long as you do at a place like Eldora or something like that just because it's it's a lot harder to make up ground or, or lose ground and if that cushion wasn't there it'd be a lot harder to make up ground but uh you know there's there's a fine line there that if you can run it you can run it and our car was good enough to where we could run the bottom middle top crossover whatever whatever we needed to do you know and that's that's uh, just a testament to how hard my guys work you know mark mark's feeling it right now i guess you know he's making all the right adjustments and and i'm giving the right feedback and and uh dan austin and joel are are uh, keeping this thing together and keeping the tires on it and keeping the body clean and straight and that's you know everything's just clicking for us right now i wish we i wish we could race every day of the week at this point because we'd be going but uh well, I've, I've got to ask you, so between your family car and this car, you now have 18 wins this year. You just won the richest race of the year, 53000 so far. This is a year that we're all taking day-to-day, week-to-week, and would you have ever dreamed before July's up that you would have 18 wins in 2020? Um, you know, I, our Florida was, like, so good. I was, you know, definitely really happy with our Florida, and then obviously our Arizona was really good, too, so to have eight wins coming out of Arizona and Florida, I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is fixing to be a good year again. Well, then we kind of um, had that slow point, uh, and then COVID happened, and we had to stop racing for a while, and then, uh, you know, the we didn't 
didn't really get a whole lot of time to, to work on our, our droop rule with the for the outlaws, the new rule that they got. And uh, we picked back up racing after COVID, and I think we were a little bit behind. But, um, you know, we didn't sit on the couch and, and think about what we needed to do different. We got our butts to work and, and got after it and did a little bit of testing and and uh, got our stuff back together, and that's that's what it takes. You know, you got to be willing to put in the extra effort and the extra work to, you know, make it happen, put yourself in position. That's why I, I preach that all the time. If you're not in... If you're not in position to be able to win, you're 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 not going to win a lot of races because if you know it'll, there's going to be a lot of nights when you don't have the best car, but you know the leader might break and you're running second. There's no way you can beat him, but he breaks. You know you have to put yourself in position every night um, to be there at the end of the race, and that's what. I, I try really hard to do that and I try really hard to, to keep my you know to keep my nose clean and to keep from banging wheels with people and keep from tearing my car up because I know at the end of the day if I tear my car up it's going to affect you know how the end of my race goes and you know that's uh, that's like I said that's um, you know the beauty of being able to start up front here uh, I, I usually don't like to start that far up front I was hoping for like the five hole tonight <laughs> but I was okay with the four and we were able to you know I didn't really want to lead early I was glad to see Jimmy get out there and get rolling um, because when you're out there leading you just kind of get in your rhythm and get in your lane and go and you don't you're, you know, you don't want to lose the lead, so you don't really move around a lot. And we were able to move around a lot at the beginning of the race and really get a good feel for the race car. So it's, you know, awesome. I know tonight, racing with heavy hearts. I know this one's for, for Timmy Hitt and his memory and his family. But I also know a lot of great folks helped you get here. Who would you like to thank? Yeah, it's, uh, you know... We're, awesome to get this win for Timmy, man. I, I wish he could have seen it. He's, uh, you know, definitely a big part of the Rocket team and, and, you know, was a big part of getting it all going at the very beginning. So we're definitely missing him right now, but we know he's watching over over us and he probably helped us get this win tonight. So uh, definitely couldn't do it without all my great sponsors, Valvoline, Seaver Calf Ranches, Ace Metal Works, Gunner's Honey, Salak Well Services, Rocket Pre-Owned Motors, uh, Durham Racing Engines, Kaiser Manufacturing, Integra Shocks and Springs, uh, Little Brian DJ Winger, Andy Durham, everybody involved with this race car. Like I said, my great crew, Mark, uh, Steve Baker, everybody at Rocket Chassis, Dan, Austin, Joel, everybody that puts in all the time and effort on this thing and, and uh, makes my life a lot easier. I, you know, I, I try to do as much as I can on this thing, but them guys are just, uh, you know, they, they make my life easy during the day so that I can concentrate on what I need to do on the racetrack and what I need to do to, to be better if we're off and how I can you know, if we are off, I need to, you know, I need to know what I can do on the racetrack to make it better. So that's what, that's what having a good team does for you, and that's what that's what I got, and that's what we're 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 really clicking right now, and everything's rolling. Hopefully, we can keep her going. Ricky Thornton Jr. finishing second tonight. You told me that you wanted to win, but you'd be happy with a top five to come home second. What does this mean to you? I mean, it's huge. Uh, there early, I was kind of riding and uh, just trying to maintain, and then. The longer we went, I'm like, man, I think we're going to run like 5th, 6th, 7th. And then uh, we had a really good restart there at the end. I was able to get to 3rd uh, whenever Chad took the lead. And then uh, we just kind of kept going. And I thought about going to the top a couple times. I tried it once, and I'm like, you know, if I do it, I'm going to knock the right front off. So then I 
I kind of just did a smart thing. I, I knew I probably wouldn't win, but uh, I think at that point I was like, well, if we can run top three, I'll be extremely happy. And uh, luckily we got we got to Devin and a couple other guys, and they slowed Chad down just enough where I was able to kind of sneak around him. And then I don't know the last five, four or five laps, like I could really charge down in the corner. I think the middle was almost starting to rubber up a little bit. So who knows? Maybe if we could have got a, a late race caution or something, we could have tried something. Seems like middle stages of the race, you start closing in on Chad for the lead, and then the cautions come out, and that kind of erases that. Was there any point in the race where you felt like your car might have been better than another? It, it was kind of weird. Like, uh, about halfway through, once we, we, he was leading and I got to second, it was like, one corner I was better than him, the next corner he was better than me, and that happened probably for about 10 laps, and then we had a restart, and like, it flip-flopped, like, then and he was better in the one corner, and I was better in the other corner, so like, I think we were about the same speed. Um, he was probably a little better than I was, like, late exit of two, but, uh, I think, like, once, where he was running kind of slicked up enough, where, like, I was about half a car lower, and, and I was able to kind of make up a little bit of time, and just kind of kept getting closer and closer, and I knew unless something major happened, we got to lap traffic and really slow him down, I, didn't, I wasn't going to be able to get to him and then get by him right away. 20,000 for second tonight. You've had good runs all weekend. Your first Silver Dollar Nationals here with this SSI Motorsports team. What sticks out the most to you as you get ready to leave this place tonight? I would say probably just the preparation in the car. TC's worked his butt off. Um, I mean, since we unloaded, we've been really good. Um, I, I guess like, we'd just be second all week. I mean, we qualified <laughs> second the first day. And, um, but, you know, it, it's been awesome. Uh, I got to thank Todd and Vicky Burns for sure. Uh, they've been giving me this opportunity and Taylor and everybody else to just that bust their butt. Um, we don't, we don't really have a crew it's just a bunch of our buddies so it definitely helps you get set to head to Kokomo next week now and do you think where those teams at that you guys can unload anywhere and be a factor I think so like I said uh, Talon's worked his butt off getting everything right and I mean other than a couple little small turns here and there we really didn't change anything all, all weekend so uh, definitely makes us excited to go to Kokomo Chad not the win you wanted tonight but man what a run for this team what was it going to take if you were going to be able to seal the deal well, I mean, <laughs> Brandon's tough when when you can get right up on the top and run like that. Uh, you know, mid-race there, my, my car just kept getting better and better and better. And then I started getting into those lap traffic, and I struggled with the lap cars, and I think it just slowed me down enough that it let him get his momentum rolling around the top. And I just I needed to get around the lap cars faster and better. And uh, then the last 10 laps when Ricky got by me, I just, I, I just lost the right rear. I just lost side bite, lost traction, and I just didn't have enough. For this team tonight, especially less than a week ago, Sunday night, you guys get junked pretty bad at Lucas Oil Speedway. You thrash on it all week. You thought initially it was going to get the chassis. It didn't. It was bolt-ons. To make this turnaround, how big is this for this team? You know, it's huge. Uh, you know, Larry, every one of us uh, were pretty nervous. I mean, Ronnie told us when he looked at it down there, Wheatland after Wheatland, he's like, ah, the frame's good, the frame's good. But, you know, Larry, myself, all of us were a little bit nervous. So to unload uh, what was the Thursday night out here and run top 10 um, and then win that race last night and run real good and then you know heck we come up here and took this lead tonight uh it was uh it was pretty exciting did you feel like coming into this weekend be honest that you were bringing a car here that can contend for a win honestly i didn't after the wreck on uh last week at wheatland but uh after we unloaded uh thursday and we run thursday night i knew we had a pretty good piece um you know when they announced that tire rule the other night i was kind of smiling because you know i'm used to running on these 55s all the time it's what me and my brother both grew up on running here in nebraska and back home so I was I was happy with the tire change and in, in, in doing that. So um, 
I just uh, we just need a little bit more there at the end. What do you take from this? What does this give you and the team? Everything's crazy in the world. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But what do you take from this that Chad Simpson can use the rest of the year? You know, I mean, we've just raced in the last two weeks solid, you know, three nights every weekend uh, with Ronnie and Larry and everybody, you know, communicating with Ronnie quite a bit and, and just sharing a lot of ideas. And, and even Burroughs has helped us out quite a bit on Earl's team, you know, just teaching us a few different things here and there. And it's just, uh, it's confidence, you know. Uh, we're going to get back in our car probably Tuesday night here and run the World of Outlaw Race and back home in Davenport there. And, uh, you know, we'll take everything that we learned this weekend and try to apply to that car and see if we're just as good. Tim McCready comes home fourth tonight. Tim, seemed like throughout the feature you made gains little by little, and you got to about fourth, and that was about as far as you were going to be able to make it. To advance any further, what did this car need? Uh, we just got to get a little balance. I mean, we're not um, – I'd like to be stuck harder with my with my right rear a little bit so I could do some things like touch the cushion and activate the car and get the wheels – get the t- car cutting through the center better. And Because, uh, I mean, anytime I went near the outside, I'm just not stuck in enough to do anything, and it's so long around that it – I mean, every time I went out there, I saw a car beside me, so it wasn't a place to be. So I just kind of got back in a ditch and, and dug around. You guys started the weekend a little bit of a hole, but it felt like as the weekend went on, you made gains. And, you know, what is the biggest thing you take away from this weekend at I-80? Well, I mean, it's like I said, these cars, uh, if you get off a little bit, you got to spend all year we're trying to find a baseline. We haven't really found one yet, um, which is weird. I mean, I know we won early, but uh, unfortunately, we can't race Golden Isle every week. So uh, we got to uh, go home. We'll regroup and uh, take two weeks, and, and hopefully when we get to Florence, we'll be like I think the team should. You know, But it's cool. This is a very good night for us, um, for Mega Plumbing, Bill Stein, uh, Cornet Power, uh, the whole program. You know, um, uh, Dave, the Marina guy. I never mentioned Dave in the Marina. Uh, he says maybe Kevin's uh, Kevin's boat might run a little better if I mention his name more often. So hopefully these, we can get that running. But uh, obviously Phil, uh, Jeff, Kevin, Donald, and Gina. It's uh, we're, we're we're working as hard as we can. We just um, we're just missing something. 14th to fifth tonight for Ricky Weiss. Ricky, you charged up through the field, and it seemed like the last 30 laps. Every time I looked up, you and McCready were right there together. What was the challenge in trying to get around him? Um, I mean, I, I got underneath him one time, and, and I felt like I had a little a good enough gap there, and then all of a sudden, he got back under me, and then I went around him, and then he, you know, it, it, this track is just so tricky on how you enter the corner and how, if your car is going to stick, and uh, I mean, we just had a real good race. We never touched each other, and uh, I think I think both of us probably could have had a shot to win had we not raced each other so hard, but um, you know, nobody wants to give up any position, and it was a fun race for sure. A fifth tonight. Where would you grade yourself from A to F? A the best, F the worst. What would you? How would you grade yourself on what you guys were able to accomplish? Um, I'm going to grade my team as an A, and I'm going to grade my finish as a B. So uh, obviously, we could have been a little bit better there, but uh, there was times I, I feel we were the fastest car right through the middle, and, and the car is very maneuverable. And uh, we're going to build from here, and now we got something. Our car the last month here has really come on, and Jar has been helping a bunch, and Jason and Dana, and just there's so many people that have been working really hard on this race car. And I mean, I know I said it before, but the crew really don't get enough credit on these things. And uh, hats off to them. They just they work so hard in this heat this weekend. I mean, I hope everyone stay cool, and we'll go on to the next one. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. 
Adrenaline, cover to cover. Three great magazines have become one excellent monthly racing publication. Dirt Monthly Magazine. You'll get more features, more pictures, and more short track racing action in a new, massive, more than 150-page Dirt Monthly Magazine. Combining the best of Dirt Late Model, Dirt Modified, and Flat Out Magazines to create a bigger and better full-color monthly magazine with exclusive sections for each type of dirt track racing into this one monthly publication. Dirt Monthly will also include a special Street Stock and Weekend Warrior section. Dirt Monthly is all things dirt track racing. Exclusive features, loads of full-color photos, driver interviews, tech articles, and big event recaps, all in the one more than 150-page full-color magazine. For more information, contact 3Wide Media at 888-806-4611 or 3WideMedia.com. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're in the pits at Port Royal Speedway, and joining us is the driver, the number two, Kyle Larson Racing, uh, 410 Sprint, Carson Macedo. Carson, it's uh, good to have you as a guest on Rapping on Racing. You compete on the you know the Outlaw Tour, and uh, you ran some all-star races back a few years ago, but you've been with the Kyle Larson Racing Team for a couple years now, and last night over Lincoln Speedway, it picked up a good $10,000 win. Yeah, it felt really good. Um, like I said, you know, to go to Lincoln, a racetrack here in Central PA, that's definitely, you know, tough to win at. And also to have, you know, a few of the outlaw guys there to race against us, it just, it was rewarding and uh, really happy for my team. So I feel like here, you know, we're basically, uh, you know, with everything that's been going on in the world, we're a year and a quarter into this deal. And I really feel like we're, we're gaining some momentum and picking up some pace um, and been doing a really good job lately. So uh, my guys, Joe, Trey and Patrick, they're they're working really hard, and um, you know we're trying to build something that that uh, you know is 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 going to you know carry on for the future for for years to come and build a championship winning team. So um, I feel like you know we've been able to have a lot of success here lately, um, just a lot more consistency than we had last year, and that means a lot to me because that's something that we've really worked on. When you come to Central PA, obviously in, in this, you know the state of Pennsylvania. So you have some of the best of the best, I would say, homebred drivers in the country racing. And each surface, whether you're at Williams Grove, you're at Lincoln, you're here at Port Royal, they all have their unique characteristics, and they're tough, tough to grasp. 
Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Uh, they're all they're all a lot different, uh, especially the one I grew up racing on. So um, I feel like, you know, with, with our KLR team, we're starting to, to be good wherever we go, and I think that's what's really the most important thing, uh, finding that consistency and that balance that, you know, makes you be able to be competitive night in, night out, no matter where you go in the country is really important, especially racing with the World of Outlaws. When you, when you do the Western Pinch or Central PA swing, you have the opportunity to run some iconic tracks. You know, we're here at uh, Port Royal tonight, and on Tuesday, you know, the series is going to be heading over to Lernerville Speedway. And just those are tracks that, as a driver, you want to check that one off the bucket list to try to get a win. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, Port Royal is definitely one of them. Uh, you know, being here tonight, to be able to win tonight would be a huge feat. Uh, the Wikers Memorial... Um, you know, and and on top of that, you know, ten thousand to win all star all star race. So, uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. There's a lot of really good race car drivers here tonight, but uh, we're gonna bring our A game, and we're definitely gonna do our best. You know, you run Lincoln last night, which has a, I want to call it a little short bull ring. It's where here, that's more of it. It's a technique track. Here, you just, I don't want to say technique isn't involved, but it's more of that, you know, you got the pedal to the floor and it's all out. And if your car's not handling, you're going straight to the back. Yeah, that's why I think, you know, I got a lot of faith in my guys, Joe Gertie and Trey and Patrick. They're, I know they'll give me a good race car, and uh, we just got to do our best to, you know, hustle the car through there and hopefully, you know, land up front by the end of the race. So, um, like I said, you know, we got a, a lot of really good people on, on board on this race car with Tarleton and Son, Complete Parts and Equipment, you know, Justin Marks at GoPro Motorplex, Phil, Jenny, and Ryan Durst, Lucas Oil, uh, just a lot of good, really, you know, a lot of really good supporters that put hard-earned money into this team, and um, we're just out here trying to do our best for them. I have to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you jokingly. How hard is it pressure-wise, and I'm just kind of kidding, is you have a car owner that is on a, a streak of epic proportions to to see what he's doing. And, I mean, it, I'm sure you're happy for him, but at the same point, you're like, maybe you can throw some of that my way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it makes us better. Uh, racing with Kyle every night, he's he's the elite. You know, he's one of the best in the in the world. And um, to be able to race against him every night, I think it's better for all of us drivers. It elevates us to want to be at his level and perform at that at that, at that pace. So uh, we're all going to keep working hard to beat him, and uh, we all know it's not going to be easy. I know if you guys were coming to the white flag running side by side, I know you'd re you'd race each other clean, but I'm sure it'd be a little uh, little bit of a controversy. There might be a little bit of rubbing. Yeah, it'd be hard racing for sure. We both want to beat each other really bad. So, um, you know, it's although we are teammates and he is the car owner of this team, I'm, I want to beat him just as bad as I do anyone else. Well, congratulations on the win last night at Lincoln. Best of luck here tonight at Port Royal. We look forward to seeing you Tuesday night at Lernerville. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This portion of today's program is brought to you by number one, Cochrane Automotive. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, PowerTech, and Southeast Power Products. 
The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. Lernerville Speedway is the action track, with racing every Friday night from April to October. Thousands of loyal fans flock to Don Martin's Lernerville Speedway in Sarver, PA. The excitement of watching drivers and their machines compete on a super-fast dirt track is exhilarating and habit-forming. Weekly shows include 410 sprint cars, super late models, big block modifieds, and pro stocks. Special events feature the World of Outlaw Sprints, the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup, the World of Outlaws Late Model Firecracker 100, Steel City Stampede Modified Tour, Enduros, Kids Bike Races, Demo Derbies, and Bus Races. Make your plans to visit the action track on Friday nights. Gates open at 5 with racing at 7.30. Lernerville Speedway! Jennerstown Speedway proudly presented Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it.